Welcome to the KC Connect podcast brought to you by IBEX Employer Relations Team. Across this series of short episodes, we provide insight and expertise on some of the most common challenges for employers and discuss the issues shaping the employer relations landscape. My name is Fiona Higgins, Head of Knowledge Centre, and I'm joined by my colleague Stephen Driver, Head of Advocacy. For the next 10 minutes or so, we will discuss the issue of pay and pay negotiations in the private sector. Stephen, to begin with, would you briefly set the context for pay negotiations and what are the prevailing economic conditions out there? Thanks, Fiona. To to set the scene for our conversation, um, as we know, the Irish economy has performed strongly coming out of COVID and we are currently at full employment. But there are challenges. Uh, We are experiencing a time of high inflation and wage demands across the economy. This is largely driven by the the current geopolitical crisis, steep rise in in energy prices, continuing rise in cost of living, and a demand across the economy for labour with shortages uh, acute being felt uh, within many sectors and skill areas. To prepare for pay negotiations at organisational level, in the private sector, it's critical to regularly collect information from external and internal sources to be able to analyse trends and insights. So with that in mind, then, what are the key, Stephen, economic indicators would you say that organisations should be aware of? Well, the, the headline indicator at the moment is inflation. This is having an adverse impact, for example, on energy costs, housing uh, and consumer spending. Um, On the labour front, employment rates, along with skill demands, are good indicators to track. Regular updates on these indicators uh, can be found in our own IBEC quarterly economic updates. Uh, We can see and really feel some real economic pressure points um, at the moment. I suppose with that in mind, Fiona, what kind of trends are we seeing emerging on the social policy front? Uh, there have been significant developments, and not least, I suppose, in the employment law area. Uh, we will see further progression of statutory sick pay, which is due for enactment uh, later this year. Uh, we're going to also see new leave entitlements relating to carers' leave and uh, an increase to breastfeeding breaks under the Work-Life Balance Directive. Uh, We're also going to see the right to request remote working uh, this year too. And just looking further ahead, uh, we'll also see auto-enrolment for pensions, um, a movement towards uh, a living wage, and the outcome of a report from the government-appointed Pension Commission on Retirement Age and State Pension. So... All in, uh, the cumulative cost of these social wage, me- sorry, social wage measures equate to up to 5% on employer costs, um, even though they're not even visible on, on a payslip. Huge amount of, of developments uh, on, on that front. And uh, of course, we're familiar with ICTU issuing their annual pay policy for trade unions, and we expect a new public sector pay agreement uh, this year as well. So I suppose increasing costs uh, for for employers. Are there other ways organisations uh, can look at rewarding uh, their their people other than base pay? 
Yeah, we're seeing plenty of narrative around uh, the social wage dimension, but also looking at additional non-pay benefits have to be considered by organisation. And they range from bonuses to extra extra non-taxable pay vouchers or extra things like annual leave. Um, better pay sick pay provisions, for example, or other improvements. And actually, a survey of 1,500 employees conducted by uh, Morgan McKinley at the end of last year on current uh, benefits offerings uh, found that the top five most offered uh, in Ireland and preferred by employees were pension uh, at number one, paid sick leave, Three uh, was, or the third most favourite benefit was working from home, followed by bonuses and incentives and health insurance. The working from home dimension is of particular relevance as companies start to embed their hybrid and flexible working practices. And we know from studies that up to a third of workers will move to avail of flexible working options. So it is only though applicable to up to 40% of the working population, but it is important nonetheless. And Fiona, are are we seeing this type of impact uh, in the same way across sectors? Well, it's fair to say that there are sectoral differences, some companies being able to pay more than others and other organisations making more modest pay settlements. Um, In IBEC, uh, we keep pace as part of our research data on sectoral pay movements to keep um, IBEC members informed. We're also seeing a tightening of the labour market across all sectors. Um, From our annual IBEC uh, HR update survey, attracting and retaining talent remains the number one priority for our members. So just bringing you back to uh, the organisational level uh, pay negotiations, Stephen, just what would you say are the key factors that organisations should consider when approaching pay? Well, I think looking back at the history of pay increases is important. Um, of course, remembering inflation has been near zero for the last decade uh, with real income growth benefit uh, in that time. And I suppose it's to look at whether there are um, any elements of pay agreements uh, to be carried forward or re-emphasised. Secondly, uh, understanding customer practice will also have a part to play. So how how organisations have engaged previously on pay, what parameters were put on on agreements such as the the scope and duration uh, and and concessions. And how important is it for organisations to take a balanced approach to pay, would you say? Well, looking at, uh, I suppose, the current and predicted future trading performance of organisations will influence what's affordable for them, uh, but also sustainable to remain competitive and and importantly to protect jobs into the future. The impact of inflation, the geopolitical unrest also has had a a severe adverse impact um, on the costs and access uh, to commodities, energy and supply chain. Sometimes this gets forgotten. Um, So I suppose taking all that uh, together, uh, it's it's critical to make sure that organisations are on sound uh, trading uh, footing uh, before uh, entering into pay negotiations. Fiona, we've seen pay deals in the past incorporating um, some cost-saving measures or commitment to change. 
Uh, is this still important for organizations to consider uh, in their upcoming pay discussions? Always, when looking at uh, ways of working, um, it's how you position change in organizations. Um, advances in technology in particular are driving fast-paced change agendas across all sectors. So there's real opportunity to get buy-in and that quid pro quo through pay agreements, um, particularly with ongoing change. And also not to forget, you know, um, in any pay agreements, it's essential to achieve industrial peace. I suppose speaking of industrial peace, underpinning any approach on pay, it's crucial to have a good insight into an organisation's employment engagement and industrial relations climate. This will influence the type of interaction and collaboration uh, when having pay discussions with employees or, or trade unions. And I suppose if we look at it like any other relationship, it needs to be worked on every day at every opportunity. Um, and with that in mind, uh, a critical in, in, uh, initiative uh, or focus for organisations would be manager and leadership development uh, would be critical to achieving this. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, So just in conclusion then uh, to this uh, podcast, what would be the key takeaways, would you say? I think good preparation is absolutely paramount. Um, Knowing what you can afford and what's sustainable, um, not just in terms of pay, but also in terms of protecting jobs into the future. Ongoing good local engagement um, is is critical. Um, And I suppose if there is an impasse or, or, or a deadlock at local discussions. Uh, there are dispute resolution uh, processes through the WRC and, and the Labour Court. Uh, and of course, our teams are here to assist members in that regard. Thanks, Stephen. That concludes this episode and thanks for listening. For more content like this, be sure to explore the audio hub on ibec.ie and follow ibec on Twitter at ibec underscore IRL. Thank you. Thank you.